What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. to the future but embrace our past we study we analyze we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday we exercise trial and error religiously through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
here from Grundahl. Teasley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallo Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and FMF. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line, the 155 in your program. Number one in your hearts goes by Dylan or Drake Sizemore. Drake, how's it going? Pretty good, you? Hey, not doing too bad, my friend. Uh, whereabouts am I calling down to? Uh, Southern Illinois. It's actually a small town, and uh, I actually live in Tamaro, uh, but it's uh, right by Decoin, Illinois. If anyone's familiar with that area. Fair enough. So the so Southern Illinois, uh, not far from. Uh, like, how, how far are you? Far, how far are you from Chicago? Oh, like probably five and a half, six hours. Oh wow! So you are down, way down there. Yeah, we're way down. We're actually close to Kentucky. Fair enough, fair enough. So, and you, you are, of course, uh, a supercross rider, but you're also a uh, the, the sole proprietor of uh, Sizemore's, Sizemore's Garage, which is, of course, your uh, main sponsor. Yes, yes. We, uh, we work on four-wheelers, dirt bikes, uh, pretty much anything in power sports, you know. We just repair them and service them. Fair enough. So, how'd, how before you got into supercross, how did you get into that? Uh, it was actually, um, like back in the day, probably six years ago or so, uh, I had a four-wheeler myself. It always, it always seemed to break down and, you know, I always had to fix it, you know, cause I couldn't take it anywhere, you know, I was young at the time, you know, no job or anything. So I had to, you know, fix it myself, you know, couldn't pay anybody to, you know, do it for me. So I did that. And then it was the neighbors, you know, bringing their stuff down, you know, after, you know, they saw me fixing mine and. Next thing you know, we have a shop, and it continues uh, it's continuing to grow. Right on, man. So uh, how, how did this uh, motocross thing come come about? How long have you been racing for? Uh, what, was your, what was your amateur career like? Uh, obviously, you must have enjoyed some success to get to the level you're at right now. Yeah, I uh, started when I was four. Um, I, tried, I tried the Reddas, you know, in 50s and 60s. Uh, 50s, like I went. I always had bad luck, you know, back then, like in the 50s, like went and won the regional, you know, one moto, had a decent second moto, and always seemed like to crash out, you know, on the third moto at the regionals. And I only did, you know, one regional that year, you know, most people would go to a couple, you know, I would just go to, you know, one. And then on 80s, I made the Reddits, and then I think I got 20th. And then uh, I made it in the B class in like 2013 i think and my best uh finish is like a fifth there and then you know the other ones you know just bad luck and then like the best overall i think i got was like 12 hey that's way better, started, better better than i've ever done my friend a whole lot better actually uh and, and nothing to sneeze at uh but eventually you get yourself to the professional level uh, how did you acquire your supercross points to uh to be able to compete at this level uh, I did some pro-ams and got my points. 
and uh, I think I did like three three pro ams, got my points, and then signed up for my first supercross in Arlington a couple of years ago. And I I just did like a couple, like I did Arlington, Indian, St. Louis, and then that was like all I did. You know, I didn't go to any other rounds. And then this year, uh, I decided to do the whole season, but on the East Coast. Well, no doubt, and you've been pretty successful at it. There's a lot of guys who, uh, when they jump in, they they gotta work to make night shows, and then they get like they they say kind of like within swinging distance of a main event for quite some time before they actually land one. But uh, you've found some success in the last little while, being able to um, put yourself in good positions during heat races. Uh, you've had a little bit of uh, bad luck as far as those go, uh, as far as getting into the ninth and final spot into the main. But uh, LCQs, you're pretty clutch. Yeah, I seem to be like uh, heat races. Uh, you know, I never haven't got you know a decent start yet in a heat race, but the LCQ. I mean, I just I feel more comfortable. You know, you know during those races, like the heat race, I'm still kind of you know a little nervous, and then you know once the LCQ, you know the nerves are out of the way, and then you know I'm ready to go. Yeah, from what I understand, you uh, mm-hmm. you even won this last weekend's heat race. What was it like being interviewed in front of uh, uh, got to be thirty thousand fans in the uh, in the St. Louis Stadium there? Oh yeah, it was uh, it was definitely like you know, I mean, it's a different feeling than you. I mean, you can't get the same feeling you know anywhere else. You know, it's a pretty pretty awesome feeling. You know, talking in front of all them people. No doubt, is that something you're uh, at all comfortable with? <laughs> I mean, I just need to, you know, work on my speech, you know, uh, you know, being able what, you know, what to say up there, you know, I didn't have, you know, uh, like they asked, you know, who to thank and you know, all that, you know, I need to, you know, work on that part, but, you know, I feel, you know, I feel comfortable talking up there. I just need to, you know, work on what to say. Absolutely, and you've got a long list of sponsors, most uh, and most of which are uh, uh, that I noticed seem to be like sponsors of yours that you've you've clearly developed relationships over uh, um, over a long period of time, whether it be the work that you do or uh, relationships you've built through th- through racing. Like, how does uh, Collins Trucking Parts, Collins Truck, Collins Truck Parts come into play? Uh, he actually lives like two miles up the road from me. And he's always, you know, he's always watched the races on the weekends and stuff. And, you know, we just got to know each other, you know, through racing, you know. And then, uh, you know, I always bought some parts from him and everything. And uh, then, you know, we started talking about sponsorship and everything. So, uh, like, anything, you know, I need. Like, we bought a Sprinter the other day and I needed a few parts. So, you know, he covers covers my parts and, you know, everything for the vehicle, you know, to make sure, you know, I get there on the weekends. That's pretty awesome, man. And, and yeah, so you, this is a full privateer effort. Um, like the the money that you make from uh, from Sizemore's Garage, does a lot of that money go towards your racing effort? Like, or like, uh, how how do you balance all that? Yeah, you know, I have to, I have to keep some back, you know, for parts and you know all the bills and everything. But you know, any extra I have, you know, it all goes goes to the weekend, you know, racing. No doubt, no, like for sure. Like, and the, the bike looks great. You've got some, uh, some really, really, de- like, you've got some great parts on it. Like, you're like, and I, what I like about your particular setup is that there's a lot of privateers that would, um, like, they they would go out there and and go go to companies that maybe uh, aren't as well known. They don't have as uh, not as quality. Of ma- 
materials, but they'll they'll, they'll get a a better deal on it. Whereas, like, I'm not sure if Renthal gives you a, a smoking deal on on uh, on sprockets, or or it looks like you got some like mono stuff uh, brake rotors front and back. Um, that those those aren't those aren't cheap, and you're you 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 just go ahead and put that on your bike. Right. Yeah, I'm paying full price, you know, for everything. Uh, and then, I mean, uh, Dunlop, you know, did help me out this over the weekend. They gave me a rear tire. And then I believe if you make the main event, uh, you know, they cover the next set of tires. Yeah, they give you but the, like, the, the, the new takeoffs that, from last weekend. Right, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, chain sprockets, bars, plastic, you know, um, you know, I get the same price, you know, anybody else can get them for it. You know, just uh, whatever, you know, I can find them on eBay or uh, actually order a lot of stuff, you know, through uh, just a couple, you know, uh, online shops, you know, I order from them. Well, there you go, man. That that's really really cool. Like that, that is a rare. Um, you're, you're a rarity within the the um, the privateer ranks. I think there's a lot there's a lot of guys who um, don't have the same approach as you. You seem you seem to really have the the business side of it down. Uh, what made you choose Hondas? Why 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 you're on uh, on red bikes for uh, 2018? Uh, I actually, and back in 14, I rode Hondas. Like ever since I got on big bikes, I rode Hondas. I switched to Yamahas, and I rode Yamahas for two years. And I mean, Yamahas are okay. And then the 18 come out, you know, all new redesigned. And I was actually waiting on the dual cams to come out because uh, they've always been, you know, the Unicam, you know, just one. And they came out with the dual cams. I'm like, I gotta try it. So I I picked one up in December, and uh, it's been a really good bike so far. No doubt. So, what were your thoughts uh, once you jumped on a, a dual cammed Honda? Is it, do, you, do you think people need to go check one of those out at, at a local dealer or what? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially if you've had you know an older Honda, you know, like I had a fourteen, and you know, I didn't, I really didn't care for it too much. And then this thing here, I mean, it's like a whole new bike. I, I mean, know. you know, power, power is way different. It revs better. I mean, it's all you know, all you know. It's just a better bike in general, you know, than the 14. So, uh, so is it safe to say that uh, because you are you're also a, a mechanic, yet you are your own practice bike mechanic and most likely race bike mechanic? Uh, actually, one of my buddies, uh, Joey Crane, he uh, he goes to the track with me and takes care of the bikes, you know, at the at the racetrack. But as far as home, like when we get back home, you know, he goes back and does his own thing, and then you know, I wash the bike, you know, get the get the van ready, you know, pretty much get everything ready for the weekend, and then they'll show up, you know, on Friday, you know, about right before we get ready to go, uh, right for race day, and, you know, they'll drive up with me, and, you know, he'll take care of the bike on Saturday. Fair enough. Well, that's that's definitely encouraging uh, to know that you've got some help on the on the on the road. Uh, I think that's that's a, a huge feather in the cap that, of anyone who uh, is in your position in, on race day. Uh, this weekend coming up is uh, not a triple crown event, but a uh, uh, basically like it's a it's a shootout shootout series. Um, you put yourself in a great position to make the main uh, with with. Um, just, just the west or the east guys there. Um, how do you think things are going to shake down this weekend, west and east? Uh, there's a lot less, uh, like basically, spots up for grabs in the main event. How do you think that's going to shake down, and how does that affect you as a privateer, knowing that uh, this weekend is a, a, a main event that is going to be a lot more difficult to make it into? Right, like you know, there's you know, uh, you know, there's of course there's a whole bunch more riders, you know, that are real, real fast on the you know the west coast, but I mean. 
I look at it as is, you know, I just made the, you know, the main this past weekend. So, I mean, you know, I, there's no doubt I can't, you know, I can do it again. You know, I just got to put myself, you know, in a good position, you know, and then, uh, and just keep charging forward. I mean, I'm trying, you know, trying not to think, you know, about, you know, all the other riders. I pretty much just try to think about myself. I always seem to do, you know, fairly decent qualifying at Indy. Like last year, I was, uh, I think I qualified inside the top 20. And then uh, heat race, and I got 10th. And this was last year, 2017. And then in the LCQ, I was running third to the last lap and ended up crashing out. And then uh, then that was the end of my season last year. Yeah, but I I feel, I feel you know I feel comfortable at Indy too. You know I felt comfortable at St. Louis and then Indy. I just like to I like the dirt at Indy. Fair enough. Well, uh, if you're playing fantasy motocross, definitely keep your eye on Drake Sizemore uh, coming into this last weekend. Collected himself an LCQ victory this last weekend in St. Louis. Uh, who's uh, blue collar photography and uh, and and do you need to ho- do you need me to hook him up with a uh, photo credential for Supercross coming up soon? Yeah, that's uh, actually Jake Harris from Mount Vernon, Illinois, what thirty miles north of me. And uh, he's just, he's, uh, you know, starting his own company, you know, uh, doing photography. Fair enough. Well, if you, if you, if you wanted to come down to, uh, to Indy with you, maybe I could, uh, uh, like, uh, send a, uh, a request to get him a, a photo vest. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure he would be comfortable on that. I'll give him a call and ask him if he wants one. Fair enough. We'll see if we can put that together for you. But, uh, Awesome, Dylan. What well, uh, Drake? I keep wanting to call you Dylan. Why do I want to call you Dylan? Um, it's probably because there's a Y in the middle of your name for uh, for reasons I'm not too sure. Uh, but uh, um, Drake, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. I know you got a ton of great sponsors, uh, and and when we, we've kind of like we've talked about a few of them during the podcast. But uh, list those down for me. I know that uh, you got to show those guys some love. Uh, you said say all the sponsors. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Kellerman's powder coating, uh, just a local powder coating shop, you know, uh, actually like three miles from me. Um, Majestic Rides, uh, he sells golf carts. Um, Collins Truck Parts, uh, just a local junkyard. Um, Euro Suspension, uh, he has a, just a suspension shop, uh, in Nashville, Illinois. Uh, Clay's Transmission, rebuilds and, uh, rebuilds transmissions and also, Pops them up to hold up to all the uh, high horsepower trucks out there. Uh, Racer Identity Graphics. It's actually a new company. I think it's a couple of years old. Um, he's, you know, trying to get uh, in the industry. And then um, Sound and Tent Co. It's a sound place. Uh, they do stereo systems and tent windows in Marion, Illinois. And then uh, Ray's Auto Body. Uh, they actually just came on board uh, a week and a half ago. And they just uh, repair uh, all the wrecked vehicles out there. Fair enough. Like Sizemore, and uh, shout out to Sizemore's Garage, man. I, I I love your story. I love the passion, and I love the uh, the attention to detail that you have with uh, your program. I really appreciate you giving me some time to kind of uh, like uh, 
kind of quiz you a little bit on your program and introduce you to uh, the listeners. I hope that people uh, go out and follow Sizemore one five five on Instagram. Give show this kid some love, and uh, and if you see him in Indy, uh, definitely an encouraging word. Um, and yeah, if you're in the Illinois, if you're in, in the Southern Illinois area and you need your uh, your bike or quad, you anything you got worked on, get uh, call Drake up. Yeah, that sounds good. Awesome, man. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. All right, thank you. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly, then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler at Dicknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. The collectivexp.com, as well as the collective ex on Instagram, is where you can find the collective experience. Do so immediately. The collective experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. What's up, guys? It's Bruce Cook here with Nitro Circus. We're coming to Kelowna, B.C., May 25th for the Next Level Tour, and I'm so stoked to see you there. The most action-packed event on the planet is back, bigger and crazier than ever before, with the largest ramps you've ever seen. Nitro Circus, the global youth entertainment phenomenon, returns to North America this year with the epic Next Level Tour. This spectacular brand new production, an all-moto adrenaline rush, will have death-defying tricks, jaw-dropping world's firsts, and absurd stunts. It all adds up to a thrilling show simply too big to fit indoors. The Next Level Tour launches mid-May, just in time for summer, and will visit over 10 cities across the continent through June. Brainchild of Travis Pastrana, global superstar, action sports icon, and Nitro Circus ringleader, 
The Next Level Tour features the best athletes in action sports taking on the biggest ramps in the world. The Nitro Circus Design Team has put it all on the line with this show, doubling down on the risk factor. The FMX Next Level Takeoff Ramp alone, a towering 15 feet above the show floor, a whopping 5 feet taller than any ramp toured before, will launch riders more than 60 feet into the sky. The landing ramp also looms large, standing 23 feet in height. The Nitro Circus Next Level Tour will include several athletes, including Bruce Cook, Jared McNeil, Jared Duffy, Blake, Bilko Williams, and many more. For more information, visit nitrocircus.com. Hey, Big MX listeners, just wanted to take a moment to uh, let you guys know about Viral Brand and Viral Brand Goggles. Uh, Viral Brand Goggles are a relatively new company, and we've been working with them for about a year now, and uh, they've got some really cool things going on, which include uh, not only when you buy a pair of goggles, you will not only get a goggle bag, which of course you get with most goggle bags, but uh, with most goggles rather, but uh, you'll also get tear-offs, you get a 10-pack of tear-offs, and you also get an extra clear lens to go along with your mirrored lens than uh, the tinted lens that the goggles come with. Uh, so it's kind of a more, of a more of a package than it is just a set of goggles, which if you're going to buy goggles, you're going to need an extra lens, you're going to need tear-offs. So they take care of all that stuff for you, and uh, $74.99 US is uh, an easy asking price. They've also got a 30-day money-back guarantee. If uh, their best fit challenge, if your goggles don't fit your helmet within the first 30 days, get them back to Viral, for uh, and, and they'll take care of you, no questions asked. Um, so check out the theviralbrand.com today and uh, and and see what the kind of products and the uh, the accessories that they've got. I love the goggles myself and uh, can't wait to see you guys enjoying them as well. Take care. Hey guys, it's Fly Racing's Justin Brayton, winner of the 2018 Daytona Supercross. You're listening to the Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and FMF. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt with us on the line. We've got Rami Alves, the 222, in your program. Rami, how's it going? Pretty good. Just here in Florida, hot weather compared to this weekend in St. Louis. It was really cold and uh, just enjoying life. No doubt. Absolutely. Beautiful weather in Florida. I've, as, uh, I've been there a few times, but uh, not recently, unfortunately. But uh, uh, an eventful season for you so far in the, the 250 East, your first uh, as a professional. Uh, before we get into the professional ranks, how did you get there, Rami? How did you uh, get to where you're at as far as motocross goes? Well, uh, I started racing when I was around four years old and um, here in Florida. And then just started hitting all the amateur nationals and everything and then you know my focus the whole amateur career was to make it pro and uh, i finally made it this is my rookie year and you know just the, the goal with now is to you know keep grinding and get some good results Absolutely, and you've been doing exactly that, um, uh, a top 10 already w- well within your grasp. Uh, in fact, I believe the, this last weekend, I think that that particular result kind of jumped off the page at one uh, uh, Jeff Emig, who uh, he was, uh, he's looking at the, the results. I'm sure they, they, they have a result sheet up there when they're announcing, and this is uh, like, yeah, this Rami Alves, uh, 222. He's got, uh, I believe, one main event and uh, one top 10. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, yeah, last weekend in Daytona, um, I got ninth overall in the main. Yeah. And, uh, it was a great race, you know, I 
it was my first main event. The first couple of rounds of the year of the season, you know, it was kind of rough. I had some, I know my speed is there, but I feel like a lack of experience and, and I, when I would go to the LCQ, I would crash in like with another rider or crash on my own and just, you know, like dumb mistakes. And then in Daytona, I just told myself, you know, just calm down a little bit. And I was, I was able to make it straight from the heat with a fifth place. And then I topped it off with a ninth in the main. Right, absolutely, and and this is uh, like it's just a little bit of growing pains, I think. Uh, like all rookies are supposed to make rookie mistakes, aren't they? And um, and for you, Daytona, a race that you most likely, maybe not to the scale of a, a full blown Supercross, but you probably raced it a couple times in an amateur as well. Yeah, for sure. I grew up racing it. It's, to be honest, it's one of my favorite races growing up. I've always done good there. I've won amateur championships there before. There you go. And uh, I just love that place, the atmosphere. And, you know, coming into the weekend, I just felt awesome. And I knew I was going to come out with a good result. Absolutely. And, and, a, and a top 10 certainly is. Uh, this, this, this last weekend, put yourself in a great position in the heat race. But uh, just off screen, if, you, if, if someone was to watch that, uh, like the, the closing stage of the, of the last lap, I believe it's you who went off, uh, off track. And then that's how you ended up in the LCQ in the first place. Yeah, I was in the last qualifying spot in ninth in the last lap, couple corners to go, and um, I made a mistake. I kind of cased the that jump sideways, and it launched me off to off the track onto the concrete, and that concrete was like ice, and I just slid right when I gassed it, and uh, but I was able to get up and finish eleventh, and then went to the LCQ, and then in LCQ I didn't really get a good start like I wanted to, but um, you know, with my experiences my little experience from the races before, you know, I just told myself, you know, calm down a little bit. And, uh, because, you know, it's short, but at the same time, it's long. If you think about it. And I was able to make some good passes and finished third in the LCQ and went to the main. Absolutely. A total, uh, uh, it's, it's a short race, but it's a battle the entire time. Uh, like a lot of the guys, very similar in speed and all similar in time in, term, in terms of the, uh, the desperation they have to get into that main event actually. And it was pretty entertaining race to watch. I'm sure you've probably watched it back since. Um, like in the very beginning, you're right. You were totally not in the picture whatsoever as far as, uh, like getting inside that top four. But, uh, like, uh, as the, as the lap clicked off that, that 222 just started kind of peeking out in the back a little bit and uh take us through that a little bit making those passes and eventually making into the spot where you needed to be yeah so you know when i the first couple laps uh, or the first lap i started and i was i wasn't i think i crossed the finish line in around eighth or ninth i'm not sure but um i could see the front runners up front and i knew they were right there and i just had to you know get my way up front without you know because the lcq is hectic you know if you try to pass them they'll come back at you and like next thing you know you're off the track you know so i try to make smart passes and smart moves and then next thing you know i was in six but like we were when i got in six like we were all super close and i knew there was i can make important passes that will get me up front so then i just focus on hitting my lines and making those smart moves and then uh next thing you know i was in third Boom, absolutely. Puts himself in the position he needs to be in. Rocking the 222, which I believe was Chris Howell up until a couple of years ago, and he, he uh, uh, relinquished the number, and uh, and you were able to get it get it this for this year. Uh, 
How'd you end up with the number? Why do you like that number so much? Well, uh, a lot of people think it's because of Antonio Caroli, but it's not really that. I was actually, when I first started racing, I was number 22. Okay. But um, every race I went to, because I was a Chad Reed fan, or still am. Of course. But uh, that's why I was 22. But every race, every like local race I went to, there was always a 22. And like we would always have to put a slash or another two. And then I think it was in Minio's, like on 50s, my dad was like, my dad was over putting the slash. So we just added another two and we kept it 222. 222, just keep it rolling. What number would you ride uh, with that uh, at Loretta's where you just bounce around, I guess? No, I would try to choo- choose uh, the number 22. Fair enough. That, that was the goal. What'd you like about Chad growing up? Like uh, the guy, the he he, uh, he's got some championships to his credit, but also played second fiddle quite a bit. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I was really young when I chose the number 22. I just, I think I liked his style and, you know, just the way he rode. Fair enough. Plus, uh, I believe at the time, he, like he was calling Florida home. Although many of the top riders do call Florida home. Where do you train in yeah. in uh, Florida? Well, so I'm from where I live now. I live in south florida it's like in coconut creek it's like 40 minutes north of miami so it's really down south yeah that's way down there. but um yeah i'm training with uh at the pit uh hampshire's compound rj's and um it's a good group of guys out there and uh it's been helping me a lot you know his, he has a really nice track out there you know n- nice structure nice facility and uh yeah if, if i wasn't training there i don't because i got a late start to the like training season, I started training Supercross pretty like, like close to the season, and um, I feel like his track really helped me in involving my riding and skills, and it, it's helping me out a lot. Why did you get such a late uh, late start uh, training on the uh, on Supercross? Um, because I wasn't really sure, or not not really sure. It's because like the whole team deal it wasn't really 100 percent yet and it got like um confirmed like early like let's see like late november and that's when when it confirmed you know that's when i started training fair enough and uh, you're with the uh 3d racing uh yamaha how do you like that is not a florida uh operation whatsoever how do you get connected with those guys yeah so it's my team is uh, the 3D Racing EBR Performance Altus Motorsports Yamaha. So, um, in my in the past two years in the amateurs, I rode for uh, EBR Performance. They have an amateur team, and then this is the first year they're having the pro team, and they collabed with uh, 3D Racing, which is from I believe Boston, and uh, they collabed. And this is the first year we're having the team. That's so, pretty yeah. solid. That's Bill Dill, man. That, that that's going back. That that, uh, that for uh, fans of motocross, that's going back a number of years. Yeah, for sure. He's been around. Well, I didn't really know, but I spoke to him a lot. And he's, he said he's been doing this for quite some time now. No doubt. That gives you a little bit of uh, uh, confidence knowing that the people around you have been doing it some time. It's not like a brand new team that just popped up this year. Someone who's got some experience and uh, can kind of help you with some things. Obviously, you're very new at it. Not new to racing, but new to Supercross. Yeah, exactly. It's good to have people, good good group of people around you that are experienced and know what they're doing. And then we have, uh, you know, we have good bikes as well. EBR Performance, so their bikes are killer. You know, I've been riding them for the past three years, and 
not going to complain. Suspension, engine, it's just really good bikes. Absolutely. So when when you're riding Supercross and and you're training and you're 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 doing drills, like what kind of what kind of drills can you work on on a Supercross track to get better at riding Supercross? Uh, other than just putting uh, cones in corners and making sure that you turn down at certain spots, like what are certain things that you can work on to get faster at riding Supercross? Oh, you know, Supercross is there's many things you could do. It's really it's a really technical thing. Um things to corners to in, to the rhythms whoops just then you know in supercross any any time is you could say save is good because every the racing is so tight so like in the corners the faster you could hit them the smoother and also in the whoops and then also in the rhythms the lower you stay the more you soak up the jumps and everything it's all the small details that uh play a big role in the in the times Fair enough. So, uh, what would you say is your uh, the your biggest lesson you've learned so far in your very short career? Uh, uh, stay out of those LCQs, maybe. Yeah, the LCQ is really hectic. You know, it's a good feeling when you make it straight from the heat, and uh, that's what I'm focused on more. Focusing on more, and uh, you know, I have the ability and speed to do it, but I feel like I need a good start. You know, to get myself up there. So I've been also working a lot of my starts, and because uh, with a good start, you get up there, and then. You ride with the the fast guys, you know, the good pace, and the next thing you know, you're already in. For sure. And starting on the, the great this year, obviously something that's probably a little bit different for you, something you did do at the Amateur All-Stars in Vegas. Uh, what's the, the, the learning curve on that? I, I assume that uh, it's it's quite idiot-proof as far as just taking off of the damn thing, but uh, uh, you get a whole lot more grip on that than you would uh, some just bare soil. Yeah, for sure. The grid, you get a a straight traction, you know, 100%. And I really like it though. I prefer it much more than dirt. And, um, yeah, I, I like it. Fair enough. Well, uh, so plans for the rest of the season, obviously we've got Indy coming up, uh, but you plan to race all races for the rest of the season. What about outdoors? Yep. I'll be finishing out the supercross season and then outdoors. I'll, I'll also be racing for the, same team, you know, 3D EBR performance, Altus Motorsports Yamaha. Um, it'll be my first outdoor season as well. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I feel, I really like Supercross, but to be honest, I feel like I'm a more of a outdoor guy. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, Rami. Uh, one of the last questions I have for you. Uh, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Uh, my my fans would burn me at the stake. But uh, this last weekend, you got an earful after the race, um, and it was due to an incident that uh, you getting together with uh, one Austin Forkner. Uh, he wasn't happy about it. I think that uh, in the fact that he was coming up on you, uh, it seemed like uh, I think like in my opinion, those behind someone there is kind of responsible for how a situation plays out um but uh take us through that a little bit how did you see it through your eyes uh what did he have to say to you afterwards and if you don't want to say that that's fine uh how did it all break down yeah you know it was a hectic situation for sure uh i'll say that that's probably that's probably the most like um hectic of the weekend and um but you know i wasn't trying to take out or hold up any rider that was on the lead lap you know as a as a rider, you know, it's a difficult situation to be in because prior, a couple laps prior to the incident, I got a blue flag waved at me, so I let the rider behind me pass, and it ended up not even being a rider 
on the lead lap. It was a rider I was actually battling with. So, you know, it's a really hard situation to deal with. But with that incident, um, I didn't get any blue flag waved at me from the finish line jump till the incident. So the whole time, I thought it was a rider that I was battling with. I, would, I never thought it was, you know, Forkner in, I think he was in fifth. And when he came up, when I hit, like when he hit me and we crashed, I looked over to see who it was. And when I seen it was, you know, Forkner, I was really surprised. I was like, no way. Like he just ran into me because I didn't get no blue flags waved at me on that lap. So I had no clue it was a rider on the lead lap. And, you know, after the race, he just came up to me and said, like, watch the blue flag or pay attention to it more or whatever. You know, he didn't say nothing too bad. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, I could see, I put myself in his shoes too. You know, I would be frustrated as well, but, uh, you know, obviously it was just crazy. This was also kind of the cherry on top of his bad night. Uh, his crash earlier in the race probably has obviously has nothing to do with you, but uh, probably a little bit of that frustration boiled over as well. Um, but ho- hopefully, you guys can, uh, can 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 bury the bury the hatchet at some point and, and move on. But uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, addressing that for us. Yeah, you know for sure. I'll, if you think about it, you know when you're leading a race and then and then you fall. And then when you're, you know, you're tied with in points for the championship, you know, you would, you are going to be frustrated. So, and then that happens. And then, if, you know, it's like the world's going to end. Totally. So like, it, you know, it was crazy, but I just want to get it cleared out. You know, I wasn't trying to hold up or take, take him out. You know, I had no clue it was him behind me. Fair enough, my friend. So uh, let's set our sights a little bit on this next weekend. Indianapolis, uh, the West guys are coming into play, um, making that main event that much more difficult to get into. It's going to be uh, basically an all-star race, um, which you're somewhat familiar with. Um, what's your what's what's the uh, the most important thing to to make sure that you guys are uh, that you're you're representing yourself at the best you can at the end of the night, being in that main event this weekend. Yeah, the the field's gonna be uh, much much tougher this weekend compared to the past couple weekends. You know, we have pretty much twenty more fast guys coming in, and I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. You know, nothing better than riding with fast guys and racing with them. And uh, but like I said, I feel like the start's gonna be the key. Get yourself up front, and um, yeah. Fair enough. Well, I, I hope that you're able to do so. I don't know how they're going to uh, break it up. I assume they're probably going to do uh, a, a West practice and East practice. Uh, they might even have. They wouldn't do four groups. They're they're going to have. It's going to if they when they have three groups, like it's going to be three full groups. It's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be a lot of riders out there and a lot of fast riders as well. <laughs> Did you find yourself uh, at Dallas or? Uh, Daytona. Did you find yourself in the in the the C practice the C practice at all, or you've been in B practice most of the time? No, I've been in B practices most of the time, and then this weekend after the main event at Daytona was my first uh, A practice. And how and what's the biggest difference between A, a practice and B practice? Um, other than speed, I'll say the big, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the biggest speed. The uh, biggest part is the speed, but um. Like B practice, there's a lot of people where, or a lot of riders that, also, they kind of go slower or kind of do more slow laps. 
than like fast laps. And I noticed in the A practice, like they pretty much go all out for the, you know, whole practice session. Not all out. They have a, but I feel like it's less, less, um, slow laps, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Those guys go for it, man. And a lot of those guys are jumping stuff right off the hop. Um, did you uh, did you end up sending that big quad this last weekend, uh, heading into the corner before the uh, the the nets? Uh, did you send that thing? No, I didn't. I just sticked with the the cable single and then single Shame to the corner. You. Come on, man! <laughs> you, you you kids yeah, got all that that video game style skill. You got to bust those out. Yeah, that was a that was a big one. And uh, really tricky too, but I I didn't do it. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, no, no shame in that. The thing was pretty big. Um, that's a, like a, a random question. Do I have for you? Um, do you play the video games at all? Did you grow up playing the games? Which was your favorite game uh, uh, growing up? And uh, and have you played the the new one? Uh, I haven't played the new one. To be honest, last time I touched like a video game, you know, it's been a while. Um, I do have a PlayStation Three. But last time I actually played it, it's been a while. But growing up, I was actually like not a I don't wouldn't call a video game addict, but I would play like pretty much every day. Like growing up playing uh, MX ATV, all the dirt bike games, Reflex, Alive, I would play it pretty much every day. But then you know, like you find times for other time for other things, and uh, you know, video games isn't so much important anymore. You know, and uh, haven't I haven't played the new one either. Fair enough. Well, maybe you'll, you'll you'll play one again when you're actually in the game. That would be pretty cool. I think if I ended up in a video game, I'd at least have to play it. But I think you're right. Uh, a little bit more time spent uh, with the throttle therapy, a little bit less time with the video games. Fair enough, my friend. Uh, before I let you go, Remy, um, what kind of music do you listen to? Like, what kind of? Like, obviously, you, you guys are traveling a lot. There's a lot of time with headphones. That's that's necessary. What kind of music do you listen to? Yeah, that's for sure. A lot of music, you know, a lot of training, uh, also in the car, traveling in the plane, also everything. You know, um, I really like rap, you know, a lot. There's a famous um, rapper that lives, We were, he's from the same county as or same city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you heard of him, Kodak Black. I've not heard of um, Yeah, he's a really big rapper, and, you know, I like, really like all his songs. And, uh, yeah, that that's, I've, yeah. Right on, man. So uh, you're heading into uh, to Indianapolis this weekend. Hopefully, it's a uh, it's a great weekend for you. Uh, I know you got a, a ton of great sponsors. You've been pretty good about uh, listing them off so far during the podcast. I'll give you this opportunity now to read them off for me. Yeah, um, I couldn't do it without my you know my team, uh, 3D Racing, EBR Performance, Altus Motorsports, Yamaha, um, Answer, Bell Helmets. Um, Chucker Rocky, 100%, Garnet, EVS, Ethica, TXX Productions, Tiger Designs, Dope Pipes, uh, Ankle Savers, Pro Taper, VP Racing Fuels, Galfer, TN Design Works, um, Dunlop, Cycra, Vertex, Decal Works, Ride Engineer, Motohose, Nahilo Concepts, Recluse, um, Get, Supercharged, Hammer, and, um, you know, everyone else uh, that's helping me out this year, I really appreciate it. Awesome, Rami. Well, I really appreciate the time today. It was a good conversation. Hopefully this was informative to my listeners. Um, don't hang up just yet for podcast sake. We're going to cut it off right there.
All right. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.